Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's another installment of your number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We do it the best. We do it on WCRS every Sunday at 10 p.m. You can hear us on 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside 270 here in Columbus, Ohio. We also take your calls. We do a live call-in show once a week. Uh, During that time, say if we're out of town, like we will be, Uh, On February 25th, we're going to be in Asheville, North Carolina, performing at the Auditorium. It's going to be $6 for folks that are 21 plus, $8 if you're under 21. So that's nice. I know we have a lot of folks that can't get into bars. You you all can get in this time. There's going to be no pre-sale tickets at all. The venue says they don't like to deal with that kind of stuff. It's better if you just pay at the door. So be there. Uh, if you're near Asheville, North Carolina, February 25th, we're performing live. And so we, we're just going to be on simulcast. We're going to have the uh, pre-recorded show playing. But other than that, we're taking calls every Sunday around 11 p.m. Eastern time uh, into the night. Call us with stories of work or business, small business tyrants or getting recruited by Army folks, whatever it may be. We are the people to talk to. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We've been doing this now for seven years. We're going on seven years this year uh, in street fight history and continue to moving onward and upward until everybody around the world chills out and takes care of each other. We're not fucking around when it comes to doing what's right and cool. Um, We demand only the utmost of chill behavior. And uh, we are glad that we have... So many folks. I mean, we've hit, you know, 20 some thousand listens on our shows now every single week uh, from people that are ready to join up with the only non hierarchical um, egalitarian flat earth party that exists. And that's us. So please join us on this mission. We're going to take shit over. Hey, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's my triumphant speech. That's the show, man. That's how we start this show, right? Whew, that call-in show was good this week. I can't wait. I, I hope y'all enjoyed it because we enjoyed making that one. Yeah, it was great. And the Trader Joe memes have already paid off. It's going to be sorry as hell that week we can't do the, the call-in show. I know we love doing the live shows, but damn, it's always fun doing the call-in show. I feel like we let the big guy down when we're not in there in that studio recording those calls. Yeah, I'd hate for him to go get some boy instead of calling us up. <laughs> exactly he could do heroin the next time for pete's sake you don't want him on horse do you not h not nope don't do horse big guy oh it's a snow day brett wrecked the car big snow day and and he's joined my resistance he has joined the brian quinby give these motherfucking kids some snow days resistance so earlier there was a day off and i was very confused is why we had the day off but then Brian and I went to go record on Sunday night, and he said, I'm coming to get you. I'll be there around 1245. He shows up at about 1 a.m. because it's that bad out there. So I figure we're not doing school the next day. And turns out we are. I check my app. I got all my updates in order, you know. If for those of you that have just tuned in, I did actually on the first snow day of the year drive all the way to the school bang on the windows and then realize that school had been canceled. But this time I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to school. And on the way back, this is the worst thing. It was, it was a down, it's a slope. I'm literally going down a hill 
and I stop and I just slide, slide, slide. There's nothing I can do. I'm standing on the brake and going, no, 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 no. And then just slowly drifting into the tailgate of a work truck. That's where you're like, damn, I wish the earth was more flat. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you globe earthers are like, man, if the earth was a little flatter, you wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, I was um, not too happy with the physics of the situation. That and is a fucking work. When you're... Because I've narrowly avoided... Leaving the school. Yeah, I've narrowly avoided accidents like that a bunch of times. I've never I thought actually, I was going to steer out of it. I was so close. And then I clipped the back end and it ripped the trunk off my car. All of my accidents happen in prime weather conditions. <laughs> and are usually a result of me not paying attention. <laughs> well, the last time I had an accident was about 10 years ago. And it was a pretty much a similar circumstance. I stopped at a, I stopped at a red light. And just kept sliding all the way through until I clipped the back end of somebody else. I'm going to say something to you that I don't want you to get mad about. You can tap them brakes, man. Yeah. Tap them brakes. You don't slam on them brakes. You got to tap them. Now, I thought you might get mad about that because I thought you'd say, I fucking know that, man. But well, my analogs, did brakes, not go my, in, my analogs did not go into effect. Yeah. I wasn't going fast enough, I don't feel. No, you just, you all, every stop, you have to tap the brakes. That's science. I don't know why it works, but it always works for, I have never slid into another car. Now I have had, this is where I learned about this. Actually, I'm on the freeway and I'm like, there's nobody else on the freeways. Cause it's one of those nights where it's like a level three snow emergency. It's 1030 at night. I'm driving home on a freeway in the middle of the storm. And I hit, I, I slow down to get off at the off ramp and it, my car did like a 180 and was facing the other way in traffic. Now there wasn't anybody else on the freeway. So I was never in danger. It, it was like, you need to be more careful with these brakes. Oh, I've done that. that was the big lesson for me that day. And I have been, I'm so good at driving in the snow. Now, nobody's perfect. You just can't do it when it's good conditions, though. That's right. I'm not great and good. I'm not a great driver. I would agree with that. I have been the reason I would agree with that. I think I'm a good driver, but the amount, the stats don't lie. Is is I think <laughs> where I go with. That. I think you're too anxious sometimes, but that probably helps you in the snow. Right. Right. Yeah. So you tap the brakes even when it's dry out. That's true. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. I've been in a lot of accidents, so I can't say I'm a good driver. Although I can say I've probably driven more than most people. I'm just most average people. I have more time behind a wheel than them. So, of course, I'm going to get into more accidents. Mm. You didn't get any lift accidents, though, I don't think. That's because those people was paying me. <laughs> <laughs> I could treat them nice. But, like, it's like, uh, like the thing is, like, Usually, if it's just a tappy tap, you can just leave. It's like it's snow and we all tap each other. We're going to knock some paint off. That's going to happen. Well, if, I you're one, if you're some nerd from New York, you might even have a bumper buddy or whatever so that it didn't even hurt it. Well, they have a no fault state in New York. I that mean, means you just have to, you're just paying on insurance on your own car. Well, I'd love that. Like there's no at fault, really. It's just like. You, I agree with that. I actually. I had a weird f- realization when I did it. Okay, so 10 years ago, I had the the bottom of the barrel insurance. I had safe auto. And that accident I'm talking about, I never got it resolved. 
I got bounced around this call center so many times that I just got frustrated with it and was like, I don't even care. I'm not, I'm just going to drive the car with the fucking damage. It's not enough for me to put up with it because they were trying to get out of it and it was going to cost more than it was to fix it. You know, they wanted, they wanted like $500 to do $400 in repairs. And so it didn't work out this time. I was a little more taken care of. I got the premium shit thanks to that Patreon subscribers out there and all that support. And I really liked this system. I'm not going to do an ad for no insurance company, but it was one where you don't have an agent. And I walked in, there was a group of four people sitting at a desk and they just took care of all my fucking problems. Yeah. I stopped at a stop sign. My trunk got ripped off. It looked like carnage afterwards. The woman was just like, this is outrageous. In less than than 15 minutes, she put me in this bomb ass brand new Maxima with like (laughs) push start. Yeah. And was like, you're on your way. You loving this Maxima? Oh, I'm so down with it, it man. It sucks because I gotta get, get my, I gotta get me a little toy car. Uh, yeah, my daughter is always talk. My daughter still talks about the fir- the the rental car we got when I uh, wrecked into the when I almost hit the cop when I wrecked oh, into yeah. the sign and totaled my car. Uh, my daughter was like, "Man, that that fucking rental we got was something." What was it? And I I was like a Corolla or something. This is oh. a regular old family car, but like I don't listen. If I could get a car without power windows, I wouldn't even get power windows. No, that's what I said to the lady. <laughs> I was like, this this look, car looks nice. And she was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty nice. And I said, when we bought our car, I asked if they had roll down windows because I was trying to get the cheapest. I just wanted an engine that you could sit behind and steer with a wheel. I'm not even the, the roll down window thing. I promise you on my life, that's one thing that's not cheap. That's not cheap motivated. It's that like I just. Those motors on those fucking windows just I've had it happen in every single car I've ever owned that had power windows. Either the button comes off or the window just stops working and I'm one like, gets finicky. Yeah, and I would just rather like <laughs> crank the window down. Yeah. I don't think that power windows is like an improvement in like anything. Like in 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 con- living condition it doesn't make my life better on the planet at all. It's not worth it. It's a hundred. There's but they nothing got about auto, power windows. That auto setting when you just click it and it just goes boo. and just goes down. One tap click. You do one <laughs> tap click. You put on your sunglasses. You're already adjusting the volume. That shit's only halfway down, and you're not wasting any motherfucking time babysitting a window. <laughs> No, the, I hate that because then you think about it the other way. It's like, oh, man, I just cut a gasser in this car. I need to crack the window a little bit. And the thing goes all the way down. You're like, fuck, it's cold. It's just, I don't, I just, nope. Outlaw power windows. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I've driven a lot of shitty cars in my day, of course, you know, but gah. Well, power so, windows always let me down. So what I got, so there was like four people there. And the funny thing was that the lady that was doing my claim, she didn't, she, it was, it's everything's registered in my wife name because, uh, you should always marry in a way that one of you has terrible credit and one of you has good credit. <laughs> that just makes the most sense. Um, so she's the good credit side and they were busting her ball so bad. They're like, we told you, we told you the name. It's, you know, it's Erica. It's Erica. And uh, it was a good old time. It was entertaining. And they took care of my shit. And I kept thinking about, like, my mom worked for an insurance agent for a real long time. And I did 
a job where I used to do sales and customer service and social media for insurance. And those guys are shitheads. Those gals are shitheads. Like those people don't deserve to make that much fucking money. Like this seems to me where we could have a network of socialized car repair where you just call up people that sit at a desk and do the fucking paperwork to make sure your shit gets fixed instead of having, you know, one like 50 year old do have a, have a book of like uh, a book of insurees that he reads while he's sitting in his gigantic office. You I know? never liked having like my own agent that I went, I had, I one. liked having an agent. Did you really? <laughs> Dude, could you just call them up and they take care of shit for you? Sure. I didn't like In it. like a way, but it, it was way faster, the response. Mine was but always raising the prices and he would call me up and be like, sales. you want some new insurance? Oh, and I'm like, no, man. The, I just, I don't, I want my insurance to run in the background for me. I don't ever want to have to deal with it. Ever. Unless I don't want to talk it. about it on the phone with that. Disappear. If I don't Scram. need Scram. Yeah. Well, this wasn't so Scram, bad. exactly. <laughs> I have to say, so I was concerned at the beginning because I called somebody on the phone to make my claim, and then she was like, all right, well, we're going to call you in the next 24 Ooh. hours. Like, oh, fuck me. But then, she, so then they do they know what they're doing now. She sent me a text message and was like, what time should I call you tomorrow? And I was like, 10 a.m. would be good. She's like, perfect, I'll hit you up. And it was like right on the dot. So it made sense. It all worked out. And uh, I really thought the service was amazing. And I really want to get rid of like insurance agents now because that's a stupid concept that I mean, only like the greediest of assholes ever become anything. The the ones that that like end up owning warehouses full of people making calls to sell their shitty health insurance that doesn't pay out, you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or that's a pain. In, like, yeah, we used to we've had like, a few. I sell I sell insurance for thirty four dollars a month. And it's like and I never paid a policy. You know? <laughs> yeah, that sucks that you fucking wrecked your car on it. And, it's and bl- again, it's the worst again. The most important part of this story is one, Brad is safe. Two, he shouldn't have been on the road. He just shouldn't have been out. And that's my philosophy when it comes to most people out on the road. I don't, you want to hear something? I don't even think the cops need to be out. Well, I don't think they ever need to be out there, but I don't even think the cops need to be out there when it's this snowy. (laughs) Pointless. Nobody's out there. Nobody should be out there. We shouldn't be. Your kid could have been in in the car when that accident happened on the way to school because they felt like, oh, it's safe enough for, you know, it's safe enough. Well, I don't think it's it's safe enough. I think they just were like, we don't want to burn up too many days. You know, we need to like, we need to hang on to these. We've already went to, they spent two right after a Christmas vacation. They went ahead and were just like through two more days on top. And it was like, but what are you doing? They have a ton of them, dude. They have like a couple of weeks of them. It's not, they have more. They seem to be chintzy about them. They are. Well, here's the deal. Working parents. It's a nightmare when you have a snow day and you have a kid. Like my daughter's daycare closed once when we both had a job and it was just like, I don't even know what to do. I guess you got to call off work. But when you call off work, you got to be like, I don't have childcare. And I'm like, you're supposed to have that taken care of. And you, you get shit for it. And it's just like, you can't really do it. So I understand the impulse not to do it. But I also... My opinion is that most people don't need to go to work that day either. Well, <laughs> you know. Well, we got we actually got a letter in the mail. This is my first butt with public schools, man. I'm about to go sovereign on them. Uh, I we got a letter letter about truancy with her. <gasps> what are you doing? 
we took her to Austin City Limits, right? We went to Denver, so she missed some days because, like, Grandma didn't want to drive out there. So, yeah, they were, like, saying that somebody was going to come to the house and talk to us if it became a bigger problem. It's not – it's day – it's not – It's daycare. It's yeah. daycare. It's pre-K. The teacher ended up saying that none of that applied to the preschool thing. It was all automated. But still, like – It was scary. Le- yeah, to get a letter like that in the mail, it's – it just sucks because I feel it was like when I got pulled over for the weed thing, it really sucked to get thrown in front of these authoritarian figures that thought that I was some kind of loser when like I've got this fully realized life going on over here and like we're crushing it, you know, my, like my family's doing better than your family, motherfucker type thing. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to be put under the judgmental eye of those fucking those those programs you know like oh sure that just scares the shit out of me me too me too my kids missed it i don't know like she was she came home early yesterday and would have missed the day but they actually did call them out it's like i the truancy thing like under the age of like 16 seems like a, a step too far i know that they're learning stuff in school or whatever but they i mean you're you are they're tying you to them you know what i mean they're they're like they also want your life to be so you're there you can't get out of it either you know that's not fair yeah and they're not learning nothing at public schools man that shit doesn't have anything to do with anything after you get out of public school i'm sorry but like there's just you know there is important formative things but at the same time like i'm doing something else over here so you guys you got to learn how to mesh with me i mean in preschool what are they learning you know kindergarten oh, what do, are they do her alphabet and like letters and words and shit is like is gone through the roof i'm gonna it's test helped. her then i'm gonna be testing her now to see if your truancy has affected it's her. good it's just that it's one of those things where it's like if she misses a one or two days a month if it's just not going. I, I don't see in the long <laughs> it's not the run. End of the world. I think the letters are going to stick still in the same way. You know, right? I think she's going to read eventually. Learn how to read. I don't think if that if we got to take a weekend off to go do something cool in New York City that she's going to never learn how to read. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, Brett, you sent me a story. This we're going to talk a lot about work tonight, which is what we talk about, right? I guess we'll do the advice first. We got to ask some advice from our buddy, Wormy Lerm. <laughs> Wormy the Lerm. Is in the Street Fighters group. and Is that Lerm Worm, the one that yeah, did the they wanted poster? To, that, yeah, they wanted to call in. But it's okay, so let me get you here, okay? Hey, y'all, I wanted to call in yesterday, but I fell asleep. I need some Street Fight advice. I have a job interview coming up to be a fabricator for an architectural furniture manufacturer. I really need a job and would love to get this one, but I've been to a bunch of interviews so far that haven't amounted to anything, so I'm feeling bummed. I just graduated college in June as a designer, and I work as a weekend woodshop technician, so I know fabrication basics, but I need the practice that comes with the job to be really good at it. And I, I'm trying to... So they need advice? Did I not get the whole story? <laughs> Let me, uh, that, that's the post I must have deleted, but there, you didn't get the bottom half of that. I, I maybe didn't get the bottom half of that. I'll have it in two seconds. So they want to get a job as a fabricator. It sounds like they got the skills, right? Well, it sounds, I think the issue might actually be just bad at interviewing. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I mean, I did a lot of interviews when I got out of college, too. 
that were like really rough and I didn't get the job. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. like that kind of, th- I, I think it really is like they're saying they're bummed because they're going to, they want to get this job. Uh-huh. There's this job that they want to do and they're nervous about going to an interview because they've done a bunch of interviews and have been turned down. They're getting experience in a wood shop, uh, fabricating at a wood shop on the weekends, but it's not enough uh-huh. money and right. they're not getting hired. And yeah. I think it's just how to deal with the emotions of that is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Find the original post. This is going to be so hard. This page sucks. Yeah, that's hard to do. (laughs) Yeah, it's so. I can't remember what it was. I do remember saying this. um, I'm going to have it in a minute. But I think if you have. If you have something you're working with, you got to let them know that you're passionate about it or that you're interested in it. It sounds like you have some experience. I remember reading this question and thinking, you know, I mean, you're you're not trying to do like a total life change with this. You're interested in the field. Um, You know, sometimes it is beneficial to be the type of person that can learn their system versus somebody that has learned somebody else's system, you know, or or went to school and and has like a standard wise way. So if you're telling them, you know, you have a base of knowledge with fabrication and that you're also willing to, you, you really need you know, I, I guess just be honest I, for me, like that's what always has got me more farther more than anything. I think that I was a, bot- a bottled up person at an early age. And the more that I let myself come out and just say, say my own insecurities or what I'm really thinking has helped me a lot. So I guess in the interview, that's, that's the thing to say is tell them exactly what you want and just be as straightforward as possible. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about fabricating. I do it on the weekends, but I really need something formalized and I'd love to learn how y'all do it around here. And I'd be a great asset to your team. You know, that's that, that does the job. This group is so beautiful, Brett. What I'm the street fighters scrolling through to find the post in the street fighters group, but it's just because there's so much stuff. Yeah. It's not a closed group. I actually, we should clear that up. Some, a few people had asked if they could get into the Facebook group, even if they weren't a Patreon supporter, the street fight Facebook group isn't closed or isn't like closed just monetarily. It's really, I guess that's the only place I make it available. Um, I don't really post it on the regular stuff, but if you want to get in the street fight Facebook group, um, I, you can DM or message or email and you can get into that. Yeah, we want as long people as you know in the right there. An- as long as you know the right answers to the questions. We want people in there. That's that's kind of the thing. It's a really great community, but we're also I guess putting a, a hoop to jump through to get in because it's I don't know, we want to keep it special. It's fun. There are a lot of people in there having a good time. I'm almost there. Uh-huh. You know what it is. Flatten yellow, flatten yellow, flatten yellow. Flat- oh, here we are, here we are. No, that's it, right? So here it is. I wanted to call in yesterday, but I felt I have a job interview coming up to be a fabricator for an architectural furniture manufacturer. I really need a job and would love to get this one, but I've been to a bunch of interviews so far that haven't amounted to anything. So I'm feeling bummed. I just graduated in June as a designer and they work as a weekend wood shop technician. So they know fabrication basics, but need the practice that comes with a job to be really good at it. Any thoughts is the question. And Um, it is like, I don't, I mean, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, this is, um, 
to be honest, it's corny, but this is how a lot of folks I know have succeeded at this, including myself. It's a fake it till you make it sometimes. Or if you watch that TED talk about power stances, like my wife early on in her career, she would go into the bathroom and just stand in front of the mirror and like stretch her arms and like her fingers and her legs like out as wide as possible just to be like as big of a person as possible and take up as much space and be comfortable being like intimidating and huge and like in your own skin. And, uh, that's one of those, that's, that really feels like maybe you are, are you slouching? Uh, well, it are sounds you, to you me, know, are you, is the body language off? I mean, you just got to stand in your own truth and, um, and see who can deal with it, you know? And I've, I've done a lot of interviews and not done well. And I, I think, now it is it was a confidence thing with me too like i didn't feel confident in any of my interviews and when i left i just didn't feel good about the interview and i never got jobs but now that i'm more confident i feel like i could sit down in an interview and confidently talk to somebody and maybe pull it off but like the real thing is like getting experience it seems like you're trying to figure out how to get experience and how to work with somebody and that to me like finding a mentor that sounds hard to me. Like I've never See, had to do it, but I feel like that is the step that you'd want to take. Like, is there a person that works in this field that you could talk to and do projects with? Because that's what it seems like the issue here is. Right. Well, and, and I'm got to say also the other thing when it comes down to the way that life goes is that where you spend your time is where you're going to get your results. Like I've said a few times and you know, if you're just doing this weekend workshop, you're doing enough to get yourself in the door because you might, it might take a year or two. You might have to go about your regular job and just do your word, your woodworking on the weekends. But some, somebody's going to come through and say they need help here. Right. Or there's going to be an opportunity. You're, you're around the right type of people that are going to be talking about that kind of workload. So you're already you're already in the right position. It might just be a, a matter of waiting for that opportunity to present itself. But at the same time, you got to go for what you can. And I mean, you yeah. got to take everything. I think that's something I've been starting to tell more people now that, cause I, I didn't have the confidence to say what happens until I started to feel like this show was, was getting somewhere. And uh, I think that what has happened with us, the reason that the, that things have happened for us is because when there was a chance, we took it every time and we don't say no to almost really, I don't say no to almost anything. And, and and like when somebody offers you a chance to be in front of somebody in your industry, you got to take it. You just, but I feel like the best course of action and in your case is to find a mentor. There are people that have been doing what you do for their whole life. And all they want to do is talk to people about what they do. They spend most of their time thinking about what they do. And if you can, you know, maybe say, can I do a project with, would you be interested in doing a project with me? And that could set up the sort of relationship because one thing I know is that like successful people in fields that aren't like what Brett and I do successful people in like regular fields and those trades like wood fabrication, furniture building and things like that, uh, law, uh, design, things like that. Those people generally do have mentors. They do have people that they can go to 
and talk to that have been doing it longer than them. And I like, I don't know where you find them. Like generally the people I know that have mentors are, are just people they worked with when they were in college that at internships and things like that. But it sounds like if you're at a wood fabrication shop, there's probably somebody there who would be willing to impart wisdom on you because that is a trade for people who are passionate about what they do. You know, you don't yeah. fabricate things. You're not a fabricator. I, I can't imagine that there are a lot of like machine fabricators, wood fabric for, I can't imagine there are a lot of them that aren't excited to tell people how they do things. Yeah. You know what? Actually, this also relates to another question. Somebody wrote in to me and they said they were looking for advice uh, because they wanted to be nominated for an award, but like their boss had to do it. And in their mind, they thought that it would be good for their newspaper if their boss, you know, nominated them for this like journalist under 30 award. You know, this person was eligible and they wanted they didn't know how to ask. They were nervous about it. And. I mean, I think that for most of these issues, it really comes down to just got to come clean with like being selfish with saying like, hey, I really want to get good at fabricating. I think that somebody that is looking for someone to do fabricating <laughs> would probably that would be like the best candidate, you know, and the, for to uh, what I told ended up telling that guy was like, go tell your boss, like we can make this we can make this newspaper look like the shit if I get this award why don't you nominate me for this award so that we can make this newspaper the shit, you know? Uh, a lot of the awkwardness, a lot of the overthinking things, I, I'm I'm the last person to ask. I've never felt bad about interviews. I've always said if I get the interview, I get the job. Because I am like 100% on that. When, it, when I've never been not offered a job. So, um, uh, Brian, you know, what he's saying is more identifiable, but from what my experience is, is like you have to push through all that stuff and just, uh, you know, be open and real with the person that you're interviewing with. And, and that makes a bigger impact than um, as much as you think reading the Yahoo resume tips. You know, well, honestly, like and I think about in an interview, if you don't feel confident with the amount that you know about what you're interviewing for, then you might not you might not convey that you might not be able to, to, sure. to, to convey that you do want to do it and you do want to learn. Uh, this person says they have the basic skills to do it. It sounds like they think like, well, I'm like, and, and like we all start out somewhere, you yeah. know, we all start at, we all start with no knowledge of what we're doing and then try to gain more. This is a young person. They're 22. Yeah, sure. And and like. And whatever happens here, you take it to the next one. I mean, it's not like there's another also, place to go interview at. Yeah. Think of all of those people's faces that turned you down for interviews so that when you're successful, you can go back and be like, I got. Yeah. You be know, spiteful. There are it. times, listeners, where I go back and think about the people who told me that what we do isn't funny and that nothing will ever happen with it. And I just sit there and I'm like, ha ha, it's funny. <laughs> I win. So that I wanted to give that advice. I, I feel like I really, the mentor thing to me, like was something that I admired about people. I admire people that, that I, I admire mentors, people that are willing to do stuff. And like, I would be willing to, 
tell people what I've learned, you know, like I want to, and I don't know what kind of experience I have that anybody would want. I guess if you wanted to ask like what makes a marriage work, I've been married for 20 years. And (laughs) so I kind of know that, but like, you you know what I mean? Talking to a mic, right? Yeah, I would. I would do that too. If somebody asked me like, can you mentor me in, in, in doing a podcast? I'd be willing. Don't say that on this show, dude. You're going to get fucked up with requests. You don't have that much time. I mean, I'm always willing to give advice. You know what I mean? And it's just like when you think if you think that there isn't anybody in the field that you want to be in that isn't willing, like most people that are good at something are willing to give advice on it. They, They want to be asked. And it's gratifying also for the person to be asked for advice and for help and for instruction. It's it's gratifying. It would be gratifying for somebody to ask me for help doing something. And it would be gratifying for somebody to ask me to mentor them. And like, I imagine in, in, in the furniture, in that field, in the designer field, I'm positive that it's gratifying for somebody to ask a designer to, to mentor them and give them advice. I, I really think that. And no, that gonna... might be the best way to go. You you got a reference out of that person and you probably make a friend. You know, you have a you have a shared interest. Brett and I have this shared interest, you know, and, and that's I think what bonds us that's what holds us together in this way. To the grave. Yeah. And and I think that like it's not special for what we do and our relationship is not me and you, our friendship. I, and I talked about this on, uh, on a couple of the third shows, our friendship isn't like, it is special to us, but anybody could have that if they were willing to be open with other people, you know, like anybody could have a friendship like ours or like our, our circle of friends, if they were willing to be open and speak to people, but some, it's hard for some people, you know, it's hard to even like, it's hard to even think like, oh, like I remember times in my life where I was like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't want any friends. What are friends? Friends are for kids. And it's, just, I don't know. And so yeah. I don't know why I, I don't know that why that's stuck in my head. I just, I feel like there are times where like people over like that you, you talk about like overthinking things. You know, Uh and and like all of these things that I'm talking about are symptoms of over overthinking people's motivations a lot of times. Yeah, it's like I know that I would leave interviews and think that those people thought I was a piece of shit. Sure. And chances are I left those interviews and they just thought I was unimpressive, which makes sense because I was nervous. Right. And I was lying. And I didn't feel comfortable in you my didn't skin. Prepare. I didn't prepare. I didn't dress right. I didn't feel comfortable in the clothes I was wearing. I did this interview right when I graduated college at a social workplace. And I put on like this Michael Kors uh, <laughs> button up dress shirt and a pair of like black slacks. Yeah. And uh, styling, dude. nice pair of shoes. Woo. And it was summertime, and I hated the outfit, Brett. I hated it. Yeah, it sounds I, like you're ready to sell like some shit door to door, right? And I thought I looked ugly. More importantly, like I just felt I looked at myself in the mirror. I don't like my big fucking giant head. That's why I wear a hat because I feel like it doesn't make my head look as <laughs> takes attention from my giant head. And I just remember sitting. They had me sit in this chair. 
in the office during the interview that was like a regular almost living room chair, Brett. And I'm leaned back in it and I felt fat. I felt sweaty and I felt like I was wearing the ugliest clothes in the world. And I just couldn't fucking muster up this person that I am right now on this show. I couldn't muster up the person that exists in everyday life. Like it was this shell, this terrified shell of a person. And I knew two minutes into the interview, how unimpressive I must've looked. And uh, I still think about that all the time. Like I've never had a job where I felt comfortable in my clothes and comfortable in the interview. And I don't get a lot of jobs. And I think that's why. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's real. No, thank you for sharing that. Because I don't. Oh, ugly. I look so I know nothing about it. But I I mean, mean, it's just you never. I don't know how to steer out of it, though. I mean, there is there exists. I don't know. I mean, you there exists a place, I think, for everybody. Right. I mean, I, I mean, most people. I mean, a, a lot of everybody I know is charming, like in their own way. But then, like the best part of getting to know them is when they're like fucking miserable or awful or like just inconsiderate. You know, <laughs> like that's what everybody else usually is, or you know, in their own heads or fucked up or head cases and stuff. I mean, I've seen you get past things pretty quick. Like when we were in Denver, it had been a while since we did a real show, and you fucking barfed. Oh. And then when you were done, you were just like, and you were sick. And then we walked on stage and I looked over at you and you were the fucking same person that's always <laughs> on stage with me. You were not throwing up. You weren't sick anymore. So you, you're you really good at getting over shit. You throw up before every live show, dude. You're like fucking Gigi Allen <laughs> or like uh, Draws or like uh. a guy from a football movie. But you, you steer out and, and you project confidence. So I need to get all those impurities out of my body. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Whole Foods, Brett. You hear the Whole Foods story this week? No, they had a story. What are they doing? Amazon took over. Sure. Of course. So I see, I get this headline. I get this thing from business insider sent to me right away. And I see this headline and I immediately fucking know what's going on. Seeing someone cry at work is becoming normal. Employees say new whole food, say whole foods is using scorecards to punish them. Now this was something that they did at the cable company. When I worked there, they developed metrics out of thin air and then they hung them on the walls in the hallway and encircled things and put arrows to things saying unacceptable and good job and stuff. It's kind of a in front of everybody. Whole Foods has a new inventory management system aimed at making stores more efficient and cutting down on food waste. And employees say the retailer's method of ensuring compliance is crushing morale. Their new system, called Order to Shelf, or OTS, has a strict set of procedures for purchasing, displaying, and storing products on store shelves and in back rooms. To make sure stores comply, Whole Foods relies on scorecards that evaluate every fr- everything from the accuracy of signage to the proper recording of theft or shrink. Some employees who walk through stores with managers to ensure compliance describe the system as onerous and stress-inducing. Conversations with 27 current and recently departed Whole Foods workers, including cashiers and corporate employees, some of who have been with the company for nearly two decades, said the system is seen by many as punitive. And that is a key 
that is a key thing for this this story, right? Is like Whole Foods has been around for a long time, and yeah. they have a system and a way of doing things, right? And and it wasn't, know, I, yeah, well, yeah. Go ahead. I don't want to do a commercial for him, but I did mystery shop them, and I do also remember that a lot of the punk kids that I graduated with ended up like tail spinning into like a decent wage at a Whole Foods, you know. Yeah, and, and 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 the people that I used to mystery shop were pretty knowledgeable and, you know, felt like uh, you know, didn't mind doing their job. Never got the vibe that Whole Foods was run in a punitive that, I didn't that have it was many, like, overly punitive, which is at Giant Eagle, like some of the sometimes the people are miserable and I'm like soaking that up. I'm just like feeling I want to cry on the inside, but I just let it go. I I mean Whole Foods, for the most part, had a lot of uh, a much more cheerier vibe. And and I thought that I was like, well, that's why that's because I pay two dollars more per cauliflower head. I mean, these folks get something the money. out of it. I <laughs> no, guess. I don't think so. Um, they don't. <laughs> they say there's so many Whole Foods are like, you fucking liberal piece of shit. <laughs> buying into that uh, hippy dippy high in the clouds bullshit. <laughs> They say many employees are terrified of losing their jobs under the new system and that they spend more hours mired in OTS-related paperwork than helping customers. Some are so fed up with the new system they have quit or are looking for other jobs. In addition to hurting morale, OTS has led to food shortages across the Whole Foods stores. I've heard about this, is that they they haven't really nailed down a way to properly fulfill this the the uh orders so on a week when people want more of the uh tandoori spiced chips all of a sudden you can't get them let me let me explain it's it's like why a, this is pro- can i give you a possible reason why this is happening real quick sure there are humans that know the flow of business in the whole foods there are people that have been working at the whole foods for some two decades, right? And they know the flow of business and they know what's needed in the community. And all of that knowledge is being tossed aside for a computer program. <laughs> no, this is basically what you would call an AR spreadsheet. So this is this is a different reality. This is taking the grocery store and imagining it as like a 3D computer model that can be controlled by a system. It's totally anti-human. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, just look at the results so far. I mean, all I've heard since uh, Amazon bought Whole Foods is that it's, it's a catastrophe. You mean it's going downhill? Whole Foods? What? That's the thing. It's like, it's and that that these they're going to replace these employees with people that make less money too. If you think that the people that are leaving because of well, OTS are probably people that are making decent money and they're going to hire new people because OTS will run the store for those people. It will run the job. That right. the and, old and, experience is unneeded now. and now they have wristbands too so they can basically just hire somebody and put an ots wristband on them and tell them like no you need to be moving these products right now in order to be an efficient employee of the amazon uh whole foods brand yeah 
Well, Jesus criminy here. And this is Fuck. interesting because like on calls with investors, Whole Foods executives have said that OTS has helped cut costs, reduce strength, clear out storage and enable employee employees to spend more time engaging with const- customers and employees. Customers. customers. <laughs> well, they are. And employees, <laughs> as well as outsiders, have said that the company's decentralized system was efficient and needed a change. So I think they had a decentralized system before. To help serve the customers. But the new system goes too far, according to the employees who spoke with Business Insider. The OTS program is leading to sackings up and down the chain in our region, said an employee of a Georgia Whole Foods. We've lost team leaders, store team leaders, executive coordinators, and even a regional vice president. Many of them have left because they consider OTS to be absurd. As an example, store team leaders are required to complete a 108-point checklist for OTS. Stop! <laughs> It's fucking food on a shelf. We got yeah. eyeballs here. <laughs> they don't want you using those because they are automated. Like, we talked about this last week, but Amazon is automating work, but still using us as like the organic matter <laughs> that does the thing. We're a vessel to yeah. them that we bring, we take their stuff and we do their work. That's all we are. We buy their stuff and we do their work. Yeah, or yeah, we or like we are just the required we're required to move a product from the back room to the the front shelf, you know. They have to have a human do that. Robotics hasn't got to the point where arms can unload and shit, you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're a- just a cog in the machine. And that's how it sounds is the system is wreaking havoc on real life. That's wild. It seems it's like a ghost in the machine, right? I mean, it's doing the, all the work of like scumbag management and a human doesn't have to do it. People are getting like notifications on their RF guns. The shelves are going fucking empty. Uh, there's emails getting sent. There's all of this calamity happening only because they've artificially tried to control like a biological environment, which is the motherfucking marketplace, you know, like in, it's that's wild yeah so uh whole foods enforces compliance with ots by instructing managers to regularly walk through the store aisles and storage rooms with checklists called scorecards to make sure every item is in its right place according to nearly 80 pages of internal company documents reviewed by business insider they have a uh they have a they have the checklist here uh it's fucking long, Brad. <laughs> it is <laughs> crazy. And then at the end, you you add up all of the things Stupid. that they passed, and you basically have nonsense. Yourself. Yeah, fucking nonsense. Yeah, we don't need any of this. We need the people are, are going to come and get this goddamn food and pay for it. That's I what's going to fucking happen here. Like that's bring it on a goddamn truck, and we will display <laughs> it and fucking sell it. We're not going to OTS it. That's, that's not how, I mean, that's that's inhumane. It's so frustrating. Unacceptable. This right. is unfucking acceptable. And it's so frustrating to me because it's just like uh it was probably I I guess if there was problems before, there were problems before, but they completely overhauled it and made it a different job on these people. Like they took people who have been in a job and changed all the terms. And that's okay. Because we don't have unions. We don't have anybody. Because these Whole Foods have been telling their employees they don't need unions forever. 
Oh, yeah. you don't need unions. You you guys don't need unions. Well, guess guess what would have happened if we had unions right now in Whole Foods? They wouldn't be able to do this yeah. if there was a union now. But before, they were fine. And that's what you have to think of when these companies start telling you like, oh, you don't need to organize because everything's going to be okay. Because in this world, it's not. It's it, Amazon can fucking buy your business anytime. They yeah, can just come out and buy your business and fit you with a monitoring exoskeleton and have changed the way that you fucking do it and turn you into a fucking robot is what they're going to do. Yeah, we're power sources. We're going to trade in our power time. Like we're going to have to prove how many kilowatts our brain can put out so they can just zap it from us. I mean, you think I'm, I really think that like, what industry right now that people that are making minimum, like low wage work, what industry right now, what sector of the workforce right now does not have a chance to be bought by Amazon and changed at this point? In the service industry, I don't think there's anything that can be stopped. I think well, I mean, fucking it's, it's McDonald's could sell to Amazon. Well, McDonald's is the biggest purchasers of apples in the entire United States of America. Whatever happens with the growing of apples is designed, like whatever McDonald's says happens with the fucking apples. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've reached, I mean, that that's the life that we've lived, but uh, that we're living, but Amazon is so pervasive now. Um, it, it's incredible. I mean, especially with the implementation of the technology too. And it's turning in. It's turning into like Amazon's gonna be our boss, dude. I'm. I see Amazon's gonna. We're gonna have to overthrow the government, and then overthrow motherfucking Amazon. <laughs> we might be too late for the government. The government might have already overthrown itself, but now we gotta fight Amazon. Yeah, no, there's two layers Amazon. here. Amazon is fucking big, dude. I think Amazon, like. Get a couple fucking Republican presidents and Amazon's running the motherfucking post office, Brett. You know, get Amazon is putting Walmart out of business. Amazon, well, they're not yet, but you know what I mean? They're hurting Walmart sales. Yeah. They're fucking hurting Walmart's business. And like, we could just be buying, they could be the employer. That's who we work for. When things happen, we work for them. And they run that company in a ruthless fucking yeah, way. Yeah, breakneck speed. Every item in Unspe our yeah, awful conditions. Every item in our department has a designated spot that is labeled or marked. An employee of a Colorado Whole Foods store said, "If that item is even an inch outside of the designated spot, we receive negative marks." Oh goodness gracious! The walks also involve on-the-spot quiz quizzes in which employees are asked to recite their department's sales goals, top-selling items, previous week sales, and other information. Failing scores, which qualify as anything below 89.9%, can result in firings. Employees B pluses said. is good. B, B minuses is good. <laughs> Bs get degrees, baby. Cs get degrees. <laughs> Ds actually can sometimes get a degree. And a little bit of extra effort. Maybe an extra maybe, class on a Saturday. Maybe don't get a D. <laughs> don't get a D. <laughs> Try not to get a D. <laughs> <laughs> But that was that was also the cable company, dude. Anything under ninety one percent was considered bad. Yeah, you know, actually, there was a lady. Uh, her name was Ruth. She was this cool old broad that was like real obsessed with Egyptian lore, 
and I would always talk to her about crystal healing and, and shit like that. But she was like, she had worked at Abercrombie for 20 some years. She was making like $18 an hour. Like I was jealous. I was like, damn, you getting that much money, Ruth? Cause they would complain about her cause they, and they, oh, and eventually I think they ended up getting rid of her. But they were always plotting to like, so like, she's not going to meet those numbers. She's not going to meet those numbers. And then we would help her meet the numbers, you know, like people would come over and help her bag so that she would hit the numbers and they could never, they, you know, they couldn't dock her enough to get rid of her. And she kept rolling along, you know, she's probably still there right now. I'm sure she had a broke ass hit, man. She was like, all of our medic medical money went to her, I think. And she, they were, they the whole time were just like, okay, well, the system they will were weed her actively out. Actively plotting and scheming against yeah. her. Like, if she wasn't around, they were talking shit about her. There were a lot of old guys at every job I ever had where the management was like ready to, was like all the time talking about them. You know, oh, fucking Terry over there, been working here for 15 years, you know fucking slow as hell can't get him to do anything he's working by the old numbers you know when he came back here in, in fucking 93 you know we only had to do 40 an hour you know it's different now we got technology we got technology organize with the terry in your office or the ruth don't organize with the managers yeah get, go down to ruth speed <laughs> ruth speed yeah we're taking this fucking workload down to ruth speed <laughs> That fucking we're take sucks. our time. There was a guy we're do this shit like we got uh, diabetes. There was a guy I worked with that was a real fucking bummer. Right? He was just he just would always be sad. Like not sad. He was in a good mood and he would joke around with you about like South Park and shit. But he had that like bummer voice and was always just a bummer. Right? And everybody at work was like. He was charming in a bummerly kind of way. And they that's how they got hit, rid of him. Management hated him because he was a bummer. And they just, they were like Q, QC all of his jobs. Like he was getting this extra high percentage of QC on his jobs. So then when he failed more, they just ended up firing him. That was a lot of times they would do that. It was like, like I said, with this whole foods thing. They want a, a failing score is less than 89.9 points. Yeah. You know, that's you, you, it can, you can get that easily, fairly easily. And a lot of times. Yeah. One out of 10. I mean, you got to get it. You can't one out of 10 items you put back on the shelf are one inch away from its designated IR infrared, you know, defined barrier. Store managers conduct these tests internally, referred to as walks, twice weekly, according to the company documents. Corporate employees from Whole Foods regional offices also carry out walks once monthly, and ultimately stores must pass a walk conducted by walk. executives from Whole hey, Foods. Hey, we going on a walk, everybody! <laughs> Everything in this goddamn store better be less than one inch away from where it's supposed to be. We're pulling out scorecards tonight. Sounds like a fucking warden, Brett. I know. Boys, it's time for a walk. It's time for a We walking. <laughs> we walking tonight, everybody. You going to pay. This is me retribution. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a scorecard on you and everything you done did this month. We bringing it all up. You Tonight, you're going to have to face it. I hope there ain't no pear in the apple section. Yeah. Boy, you gonna come down. Yeah. 
You don't want us to be walking to see. <laughs> you you mixed up some of the peppers. Is the red pepper where the black pepper should be? Maybe the white pepper ain't in the right place. Is that a poblano or a jalapeno? <laughs> Jerry? Oh, I got Jerry. There's a Jerry. <laughs> Terry, is that a jalapeno or a peblano? <laughs> well, oh well. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> Looks like somebody got an 89.8. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That means you walking out the door. <laughs> you best get walking out the door. God, this is terrible, dude. It really is. So let's let's look at walks, okay? The manager she can walk that walk <laughs> walk that. The manager does a twice weekly walk. Okay, that's kind of a pain in the ass walk. That's the just manager like, probably also. That's like when you go and you just take your baton and you run it along the gate, like <laughs> run it along the 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 bars, just to like let them hear that like little bit of ring in the air of that uh that wood on that steel and they probably cut them breaks sometimes too it sounds yeah it sounds to me like the managers feel very hands tied in this case too so maybe they cut them breaks on that walk that's a i would call that the light walk okay okay that's just like i come on please fix this shit so now that chocolate, that chocolate syrup is not turned the right way so now judy from corporate comes in <laughs> yeah from the regional office. Right. And she, they carry out a monthly walk. <laughs> right. She Damn. pulls up. She's got she's got a nice car, right? Yeah. Nicer car than ever. She's got a Maxima. <laughs> I heard Judy was at the store on, on the west side today. Um, I she would be pissed. ready. No, she, was, she was pissed. She tore him a new asshole. <laughs> that thing where you go back by the office and you walk, you, like, you walk by the uh, office while she's in there. And yes. then you walk by another employee and you're, you're like, like Oh shit! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> it's a furnace in there. The, Craig is getting motherfucking incinerated. <laughs> Judy, of, Judy just said his QCs were at eighty nine point eight. <laughs> his scorecard was at eighty nine point eight. They're gonna walk him out. They're gonna he's walk gonna him get out. walked. She's gonna terminate him. She doesn't. She said she didn't want to, but she's gonna walk him. <laughs> So that's Judy, okay? <laughs> right. She comes once a month. <laughs> right. And then, ultimately, stores must also pass a walk conducted by executives from Woo! Whole Foods Global Headquarters. Whoa, Austin. the big shot! Denny. We Sm call, that was Denny at the Denny. cable company. A dude named Denny. He, he fucking... Denny worked in an office in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Denny when, took a limousine to get there. When Denny went to Refugee Road on the east side of Columbus, Ohio, he wasn't excited to be there. He, he didn't love it. I'm sure he didn't touch hands with any of you. No. He only came He came once, right? And I remember walking out to the, the, the bonus. To, well, I guess this happens at a grocery store. I remember walking out to the parking lot and this dude being like, Denny is fucking pissed. <laughs> and he was like, the managers are getting it. The man, because see, this is what happened. This is a great story. Then motherfucking Denny came in, right? And uh -huh. he was like, I want to talk to each department without a manager in the room. Oh, no. <laughs> 
so when he called all the service techs into the room, I don't know how it happened with the call center. I don't know how it happened with anybody else. We just fucking laid into the management. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just everything. This vote of no confidence. <laughs> it's just like these. Denny, fucking- <laughs> Denny, you want to make money? You're a big shot. You like to make money? Do not trust these fucking assholes you have bossing us around. <laughs> we told him they were mean. We told him they're always yelling at us and putting a hammer down. And he was like, oh, we would hate that. But, uh, but the thing is, he's Denny. Denny's coming up with that shit. Den- Denny is a part of that. Yeah, I didn't Denny know this is at like, the time. Denny, I think usually what they do when they go in a room like that is like, are they going to kill me yet? You know, it's like, if not, like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. He goes back into his limo and is like, fuck them. Yeah. So he yelled at the managers. And I remember the glee that people were like, Denny fucking yelled at all the managers. Man, and then the next day, the managers held a meeting and was like, "Denny doesn't like the things are the way things are running around here. We're gonna we're gonna lay back a little bit on you." And and then it lasted like a month. But yeah, yeah, Denny coming that day was like the fucking scariest day at work because they were just like, "You needed." You you know how you come in here sometime with your shirt untucked, right? <laughs> you need to make sure that thing's tucked and the buttons are all buttoned and stuff. I came to Whole Foods. You should have a name tag on. Yes. Oh my God! Don't show up. Have you? Oh my God! Show up with like a half a uniform when the executives are there is a real shitty because they're like you're out the fucking door. Usually. Yeah. Oh my God! I remember one time they were like he saw you. And you, because back when I was a cable guy, for some reason, I hated wearing boots. I never, I didn't like wearing boots. You like to, you buck convention. <laughs> I guess. So I would wear my tennis shoes. Oh, Jesus. Or skateboard kind shoes. Of, Etnies. They were Etnies. Oh, criminy. The climb poles. <laughs> I would wear my Etnies and he saw me in my, oh, he saw me in my Etnies. And the other thing that happened was I motherfucking, I don't know why I did it. But I accidentally left one of the doors unlocked in my van. And that motherfucker was out there opening vans up, checking to see if doors were unlocked. And I, <laughs> they yeah. fucking screamed at me. <laughs> Come on, Danny. You know nobody. You're the only person checking doors out here. No one else is checking fucking doors. Get real. You're the only guy that thought to do that. You can't hold that against me. Yeah, so that's what, I mean, I just want to try to relay to people who maybe haven't done, like, a job like this. When top management comes in, the managers at these jobs don't know how to handle themselves. And they are just like, no, these, they, these fucking idiots I hired are going to get me in trouble. Yeah, they don't usually handle it well. No, they don't. They fucking, they're like, he's going to come in here and do the white glove. To, like, they made, they made like, Greg, I remember, or, or no, it was... Danny, I think, was his name at Chuck E. Cheese. They made Danny seem like the meanest fucking guy in the history of the world. Like, Danny's going to fucking call the here. same. He's going to run his finger across things. His white glove. He does a white glove test. And I'm like, you can't do a white glove test at a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. You're hiring 16-year-olds. Filled with children. I uh, Employees who spoke with business insiders said the walks have instilled fear across every department of Whole Foods stores. I wake up in the middle of the night from nightmares about maps and inventory. And when uh. regional leadership is coming in to see one and and see one thing wrong and fail the team, a supervisor at Such West Coast Whole Foods said, I don't want this world at all. This stress- oh, why does everybody revolt against this fucking world? Right. 
It's I mean, scary. I, I mean, like, it, like it, I, I fall in line. I have to say that, like, I fall in line because it's the path of least resistance. I wish more people were ready to just outright throw this shit away because it's so ignorant to not just have a store run by people that take care of the inventory instead of coming up with some computer to do it. Yeah, and I my heart goes out to the employees, really, because... I mean, service work is rough, and Whole Foods, to me, I'm sure there are people that hated working at Whole Foods that are even in the audience of this show, right? Like, they, And I'm sure Whole Foods has fucked people over. We talked about their union stuff earlier. Yeah, they're not great. I mean, I'm- But there were people that like were working there and were making a go of it and had a nice thing going for themselves. Yeah, I know plenty of people that turned it into, like, restaurant careers and shit you right know? and it turned their lives upside they've now had their lives turned upside down yeah. again and 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 like quality of life just dropped significantly for all of those people and like yeah and you're right and this is another circumstance when you when they do these clean houses when there's no guarantee or like long-term employment or a- any of that like they just clean house and find more people to bring in and this time around when you, I mean, if we're going to implement a computer system, you might as well get the bean counters in there to say, you know, maybe if folks were just required to follow the OTS system, we could pay them less. You know, we're not paying for any specialized services like knowledge of wine or cheese anymore. We're just trying to get somebody that can study the OTS book and follow it to a T. Yeah, and here, here, here's something from uh, employees, suppliers, and industry analysts have said that Whole Foods' old system of managing inventory before OTS was highly inefficient and needed to be updated. Whole Foods had a very decentralized approach, which adds complexity and complexity. No, decentralized adds cost. is best centralized. I love decentralized. That's not decentralized. Complex. Everything. <laughs> it's less complex to me to yeah. decentralize everything. You're you the. You're saying that the thing where more people are putting their brain power into it is harder than the thing where one person just decides to follow my rules, follow my Amazon rules. Under Whole Foods' old purchasing system, buyers at the store and regional levels had more power to decide what to sell in their stores, which makes sense because they're part of a community and they live there and a computer program is not necessarily better than a person. Yeah, if you know that you know people around your town are making pretzel salad during this time of the year, you're going to get more of that cream cheese and jello, you know? Yeah. So, wow. What a story. What a fucking story. Oh, oh, here. Whole Foods says the order to shelf gives employees more times to engage with customers. So, <clears throat> hold on. Let's let's do this. Uh, it remains to be seen whether this business model and OTS will work for Whole Foods. Holberg believes it will. He said Amazon, which purchased Whole Foods last year for $13.7 billion, would be able to help Whole Foods work out the kinks with OTS. Amazon is a very good at managing logistics behind the scenes, Holbrook said. Whole Foods will be a better shopping experience as a result. Okay. Many employees are also hopeful that Amazon will fix the new system. We all just hope that Amazon will walk into some stores and see all the holes left on the shelf a 12-year employee at midwest whole Foods says whole Foods says order to shelf gives employees more time to engage with customers the team members are really excited about order to shelf you whole foods <laughs> executive vice president great. of operation hi my name is derek i'm a whole foods employee it's really great some of the people that i meet that are fall in love with a brand of water and when it's out of stock because of the ots the out of stock system 
I get to talk with them about how passionate about they are of that water that they can't have. <laughs> and it really turns me on to what people uh, like in our community. Rather than focus- I get to have more conversations. <laughs> Rather than focusing on guest service, I've had team members cleaning facial care testers and facing the shelves so that everything looks perfect and untouched at all times. Yeah, That's what they're that. shooting That's for. That's like my life. So that is actually, they want things to not, they want so when you say when something's one inch one inch off i think they're really talking about like so when you go into the cereal aisle they want yeah. the front of the whole so when somebody comes and buys something you have to go over and move everything forward no that and if was... you're not fast enough to do that you get dinged for points is uh, what this seems like to me yeah, then no, that's absolutely that's but that's been going on forever. When I worked at the toy store in my teenage years, they we faced every single night. I mean, that's how you started. I mean, that's how you closed the night. Was like we would lock the doors and you walked through every single aisle and brought things to the front and like fluffed it all. And uh, I mean, I did didn't sometimes I did didn't do the best jobs. Yeah, sometimes I did mostly a decent job but if there was like digital infrared keeping track of that and there was never jackasses checking that regularly and i don't know there that weren't walks cared. people wasn't doing walks we wasn't i never got walked on god whole foods we are with you solidarity with whole foods workers i i'm gonna i'm being serious right now uh yeah this i is know stupid. what it feels like for your job to feel really but precarious it's the only place that i can get those burgers that i like <laughs> the beyond meat yeah the beyond burger yeah. is like the well, best I, thing ever I, I, i'm not even yelling at people for shopping there i'm just saying if you work there and you're having a rough time of it well i, think I understand what's going on i i i feel you i well, i solidarity the people that shop there should know what's going on especially because it's a lot of fucking fakes man you know it's these goofy doofies out there that just are hyper focused on themselves making a six figure income and everybody else kind of dealing with whatever they're doing, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, I think they're employed. I, I do feel like in a way, uh, maybe a whole foods customer can be reached though. Oh, I'm do sure. Do you think that they could, I, I really think that maybe they could be reached. I know no, there they're are very ones. easy to like, it's very easy to catch them up on shit, you know? There's a lot of people that, uh, you know, that just don't get a healthy dose of this stuff. You know, they just don't know where to find that outlet of, of folks that say things that don't just line up with some stupid neoliberal agenda. Yeah. So we're running low. We're, we're running out of time here. We've we've talked about the Whole Foods and we gave some advice and uh, had a blog post this week that came in my email from a, a, a news aggregator, I believe, or a blog called 614 Now. Okay. I think if you live in Columbus, you probably get this email. It's an Nang email with like five or six stories in it. <laughs> yeah, I subscribe to them. I don't know how many people. I haven't, I've never heard anybody reference it, but they do put out regular content, and they seem to have something going. They have a pulse on the city. Sure. I think they know what's going on in the city. It and they're probably they're making. I think they're making money of some sorts because they continue to do it, and um, they do have like 
intriguing stuff. They, it's owned by 614 Columbus, it looks like. They run the magazine, right? Yeah, 614 yeah. Magazine. The magazine that ignores Street Fight all the time. Yeah, that we still haven't been a part of. Okay. Even though we rep for 614. I'm going to get a 614 tattoo. That's cool. I might even get that. You want to get a You should get Street Fight 614 tattoos. That would be tight. That would Good be idea. my one tattoo. Then I'll I'm, get a, I'm always wife, down maybe. for tattoos anytime. All right. Please um, let me know. I'm going to read this article because it really pissed me off. I sent it to you and it pissed you off. And uh, I, I think it's important to call shit like this out, you know, especially when it's local. Panhandlers in Columbus have become more aggressive since Columbus police have loosened their leashes. That is a problematic sentence. Number one, right off the bat. Let's not talk about homeless people like they're dogs. Can we do that? Like, is that could, uh, maybe a minimum amount? <laughs> yeah, this is pretty bad. I didn't expect this. I don't see much from them that isn't outside of the normal uh, folks. But at the same time, they are appealing to a wider audience. And I don't know if this really affects a wider audience the same way that it does you and me. Yeah, and I don't know if they... I mean, they might have a wider audience. That, they might be talking to more people than me and you. I'm sure well, they probably I mean, the, are. And I think that regular folks do think of homelessness that way. Yeah. Cops began turning a blind eye to panhandlers back in July after someone in Arizona sued sign holders in 2015 and lost. What kind of a piece of shit sues sign holders? <laughs> people that hold the signs. Like, who... Sue's panhandlers. What a piece of fucking shit. I'm going to click on that. Uh, I'm not going to do it right now. Rather than dealing with the lawsuit, police haven't been pushing the issue. Now beggars are taking advantage of it. That is a hideous sentence. Advantage? In what way? Beggars. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, this was this was stupid. I mean, it's happening everywhere. I'm sure there's so many small community blogs that are filled with this. This is next door type app shit. Ugly, though. This is a fucking ugly where we're thing to write. The Columbus- I mean, this is just as important, though, as far as the politics go. I think this is more important more important to me. I, I The reason that I spend my time in attitude and stance and all of that is because... I think it is what shapes the world that we live in and people that people that go this fucking low are just too prevalent, you know? Yeah. Wait, you, sorry. Can I go on a diatribe for one? No, second? go for it. Yeah. Yeah, go yeah, with yeah, this? yeah. Yeah. You got it. One of the great things when I did that show with the black pride Four folks, the concerned citizens, uh, Ashlyn Torin and Michael, um, when we talked about the police, I really liked that conversation because it wasn't like an all cops are bastards things like they were even acknowledging they they can come up with this idea where you would call a phone number and someone would come help with like a violent situation. And I, I, I that really stuck with me because I really just think that like the job should be hard, you know, like the that's what I think when when it comes to the police is that like the job should be hard. You shouldn't give in to like the easiest base level instincts, you know, the violence or like the ugliness that arrives immediately after you feel ashamed or threatened or in you're in fear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, we just have no pursuit of that. It doesn't seem prevalent in any sort of way that we're trying to, like, 
uh, search for that higher level of understanding or or that like real work in creating uh, a, a more welcoming or like next level, you know, play the hard doing the hard work, doing the hard work of tolerating everybody mm-hmm. that doesn't have any part of our daily lives. Like we don't not, not, you know, tolerate is a bad word, but that's where it begins. It's like it's understanding other folks and like going deep into that that those type of issues and like not immediately wanting to shut people down get, or I don't yeah. get violent or like beat people up for feeling differently. Like all of that stuff. We don't really aspire to that, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> sorry. That was, like, no, that good. was like way down the rabbit hole. The Columbus <laughs> dispatch reports downtown sergeant saying panhandlers of literally grabbing people by the hand and asking for money. This behavior is ramped up near venues like the Columbus and, Athenaeum, Ohio Theater, and Nationwide Arena. Although cops won't specifically go after the people for panhandling, they are able to charge individuals with disorderly conduct and obstructing city sidewalks. So basically, they're telling people what you need to say to the police to get rid of panhandlers. Is what this this fucking magazine, this alt-weekly fucking magazine sent to people in their email is giving people directions on how to turn in panhandlers to get them arrested. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, it's like it's it's still illegal. It's illegal to grab you and take your money from you, you know. It's not illegal to ask for money. The I don't I don't, and I don't think it ever should be. No, and why not? Why what are you so fucking uncomfortable that you can't say no or yes or hand them money? What the fuck? I Calm mean, the fuck down. It's the world. You don't get to decide how people socialize. You don't get to decide how people approach you. I guess what I'm getting at with that point of view, what I'm getting, what I'm getting, it's just really disheartening the way that these folks run in the way where it's like these fucking people don't have a place to live, and it's suck. It, you know, I it sucks that they ask me for money and they shouldn't be able to ask for me for money. And they're using all of the language. And like you said, providing the tools to get rid of them, say they were doing disorderly conducts, they were doing these things. And it's just, I, I don't, I can't identify with a world and it makes me want to fire nuclear bombs all over a world that feels that way. I don't think that enough folks are like, Wow, there's a lot of people without homes now. There's a lot of people struggling. There's a lot of folks that aren't making ends meet. More of us are getting kicked off of the the dole, the rolls, all of it. Like there's no pensions. We're Things being are... squeezed out of our fucking jobs by computer programs. Exactly. Yeah, folks that once had like fo- people that just wanted to work at Whole Foods for 50 years like can't do that. Like people Things are changing dramatically. I, I read um, this. Oh, man, this awful article about the way the the changes that Uber made to the taxi industry in New York City. And this guy that just killed himself recently. I read his his last Facebook, like his send off. And he was just like at his wits end. Like he started back in the 80s and he was like, I was really good at doing cab work and it made sense for me. And I worked 40 hours a week. But now I've been driven, you know, like ever since then, I've just been driven harder and harder and harder. And now to the point where I'm driving 100 hours a week, it feels. And like you're finding out that people that put all these money in these like 
taxi medallions all of a sudden aren't making enough to pay it back. It's the same way we were talking about with those trucks too, the semi trucks where it was like, you know, we got a whole brand of country music built off of driving trucks around, you know, as, as a, as an industry. And then all of a sudden it fucking collapses. And what does that mean for the people that do it? I don't think, I don't think that like, I feel like the, a person that would write something like this has never considered how people get where they are. Like sure. it's not, there's no time spent thinking like, what did that person's life look like? before they ended up here this last this last paragraph made me fucking sick the dispatch spoke with lisa defendier for some name uh deputy director for operations and advocacy for the capital crossroads special improvement district downtown they're like kind of eight dollar an hour nudges like cops cpp cops yeah they They just run around and bother people yeah yeah um and so uh who, she interviewed 18 of the 25 regular downtown beggars. Two-thirds admitted to using money they were given to buy drugs or alcohol. What the fuck? That, it's a vile, that is a fucking right-wing vile fucking thing to write. It's v- gross. I don't want to be featured in this fucking magazine now. <laughs> but th- I saw that, and it really... It, that really... That's real life, though, man. I mean, that's what... Most people are on, I think. I, that's where a lot of people's heads are at. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that got slipped by, and uh, I don't know who's making a... No one else is really making a big problem about it. You well, know? we... I mean, we're somebody, I think. That we should start. I, I am mad about... I am... Uh, I am like... This, it's not... This is... That's gross. That is... That is a fucking disgusting thing to write. Is this like some right-wing fucking rag? You know? What... what that was a diatribe, Brett. That was sent to me in my email as news along with things like fucking where the best Euro is in town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, but the 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 interesting thing is that it was uh there was no author on there, was it? No, I can't get a goddamn it was fucking written author. In a, I was really pissed because I wanted to go confront the person that wrote this and this piece of shit fucking email yellow journalism didn't even have the decency to put a name behind the garbage person that wrote this. Yes. Yes. And this is somebody who went to lunch and was confronted by yeah i mean sure i mean there you know it, it's uh, uh, yeah you're right i mean it, it it's somebody that's just the uh, i'm sorry yeah i'm uh, losing it i'm it's just awful i mean it's like the most base level thing and it seems ugly and rude and you know something that you would say when you're being very unkind you know at your in your at times in your life i mean when me and then you, and then you, but to write it down and send it through an email is despicable, man. Yeah, it looks like yeah. This what a is... fucking awful, man. If I ever get the chance, like if they ever ask to write or get in contact with us, I can't wait to tell them to to fucking suck on a tailpipe. <laughs> suck on a tailpipe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a fucking hideous, what a hideous company. The 614 Media Group is who this is. They run 614 Magazine, and uh, they do the Columbestry Awards that constantly, you know, ignore us. Uh, 
but they run a few websites. It looks like, uh, yeah. So what a fucking sickening thing to send out to your subscribers that are, like I said, people that are fucking trying to learn like the secret food truck that's making donuts fresh and putting Captain Crunch on them. I don't want to hear your fucking opinions on what you consider the garbage people in the streets. Yeah, this is, I mean, I've been around now and I don't, Columbus doesn't, there's Columbus, there's no issues. This is, that really is like made up fantasy. This seems like some, Sort of outrageous Bill O'Reilly fantasy of the city. Honestly, there are probably more people asking for money on the streets when I'm out walking now. Maybe. But I don't feel like it's any different than any other city I've ever been in. It it doesn't feel... I don't feel scared. I don't feel at risk. Uh, I'm a dude. I'm a big white dude. So maybe that's not my, my place to say. I... I just think that if you have problems with it, maybe you should look at that as something that you need to deal with and and not something that uh not something that you write a hideous fucking screed about and mail to I can't believe this got by people, Brad. Yeah. Like I can't believe A lot of stuff gets by people. Right. I can't believe this got by anybody. Without somebody saying, this is fucking mean. Like, this is fucking mean what you're doing here, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, if you take five minutes, uh, say five minutes out of your day to consider the humanity of uh, of the people you're writing about, you wouldn't come up with this at all. Yeah. This is like throwaway stuff. Like I said, this sounds like you drank a bunch of mimosas at, at 1230 in the afternoon and you're just like, oh, I'm fucking annoyed somebody asked me for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. You know, it makes me think of, there was this one time this guy, I wanted to kick this dude in the fucking head, but this dude came and, and asked for money. And this guy was like unlocking his bicycle, which, which was like a $900 bicycle. He had on these like $200 shoes and $300 jeans. And this guy asks him for money and he says, dude, I don't have any money. I can't even get my rent paid. And it's like, You've been drinking all fucking night and you've got everything in the goddamn world. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> you only got a few bucks. Yeah. Give your money. Well, that's our show for the night. Uh, 614 Media Group. If you got anything to say you to suck. them, you can probably find them on Twitter you're, or something. You suck. I mean, you're dookie anyways. I mean, nobody reads that shit. I mean, that's why they can get it through maybe. Although, yeah. I don't know. Fucking doo-doo ass fucking magazine. Thanks for listening to Street Fight. We do this every single week, two times a week. We also have a bonus show that's available on Patreon. Only $1 a month. You get access to our bonus feed. That includes bonus posts from us as well. You get those in your email, just like 614 Now does. But we have extra uh, bonus zines. I get. I, I put a, a, a copy of the drug zine out there for every single listener. That includes the $1 listeners. For the welcome email this month, uh, I, I sent out a PDF copy of our drug zine, Street Fight Z number two, that came out in 2017. Uh, so get on that bonus show. Get on that bonus feed on Patreon. For $3 a month, every single month, you'll get a PDF copy of our zine that we put out. We're doing uh, nation building this month. We're about to order it from the printers. Uh so that's going to be happening soon. 
you can also get a bonus show. Brian just did a show with Rachel Millman. She's going to be performing live with us. We are coming back to New York City, March 30th. I mean, you can hate us, but it is the best way for us to get a whole bunch of money, which is gets us into other cooler places. We're definitely trying to make it to Kansas and Iowa and uh, Minneapolis and everywhere else. But uh, New York City is that big payday we need to fund all of that. So uh, March 30th, we're going to be performing with Kath Barbadoro and Rachel Millman. It's going to be a fun-ass show. Legendary shit. Get ready for it. Uh, Nick from Detroit, my motherfucking homie, little bro, will be there recording it all, making it look uh, sexy as hell for y'all on the video release. So get ready for that coming up soon. Uh, we're going to be in, in New Orleans performing live Saturday, April 7th at Circle Bar. It's going to be a little intimate show. I think it only holds like 75 people or something, but show up. We'll be uh, drinking some beers, smoking some of that illegal reefer, and uh, bring some mushrooms. I want to fucking trip. Last time I was in New Orleans, someone offered me mushrooms, and I had to decline, and I fucking regret it for the we're rest going of my to, life. We, we're going to fucking Kaiju Big Battle. Yeah, I so. want to see Kaiju. We want to get fucked up and go to Kaiju Big Battle. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and and listening to what we do. Find us on uh, social media. We're Street Fight WCRS on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find me. I'm at Brett Payne, B-R-E-T-T-P-A-I-N on Twitter. You can find Brian. He's at Murder Brian, M-U-R-D-E-R-B-R-Y-A-N. Peace.
she make a nigga wanna shout. shout. Stay out so hood, I wanna see what she about. Then she walk that wow, 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 that wow, that wow, that wow, she can walk that wow, 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 that wow, 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 that wow, that wow, that wow, wow.